The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. A huge shout out to our sponsor, beardeddragongames.online. Pick up all your local game store goodness from Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, or Wafurp 4th Edition, as well as terrain, paints, board games, comics, and more. Make sure to use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout for free domestic shipping or PCME10 for 10% off your total order at beardeddragongames.online. Also, a special thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout or use the link in the show notes. At the stream, we'll just wing it. You know what? Let's do it live. Welcome to episode 108 of, wait, did I roll a wild? Your Marvel Prices Crisis Protocol Plavog. Your Marvel Prices Protocol Plavog. I'm Tim. I'll be your host this evening, as well as uh, my co-host, my cohort, my co-conspirator, my co-pilot of poorly managed uh, high-level rosters. It's Dan. We are back from Adepticon, and as we're back from Adepticon, some might say that there are, you know, maybe some technical issues that sometimes happen. You're plugging things back in. They don't want to work the way they used to, but sometimes it just be like that, though. Sometimes you roll a bunch of blanks, and they all count as successes because you haven't powered gauntlets. Sometimes they're just regular blanks. It do be. But we are here to talk about Adepticon. We're going to talk a little bit about Shatterpoint. We're going to talk about that mean old Doreen Green Squirrel Girl, because her car got revealed this week. Um, Doreen Green Squirrel Girl, the Squirrelimus Girl, she can bite through She can bite through steel, Dan. I don't know if you knew that or not. Not yet. It'll probably be a tactics card. Um, we had an absolutely splendiferous time at Adepticon this year. Um, we are still recovering, or at least I am, uh, fighting off that con crud, um, as I know probably a lot of you are as well. Now they can't hear you. How about... I don't know. I haven't really touched anything. But... But anywho, the important thing is, is that we're both here, we're both happy, and we're both here to talk about Adepticon. So. Dan, tell me, how was your Adepticon experience? Did you play any games? Did you hobby at all? Does commentating count as hobbying for the week? Mm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I would. I mean, I don't know what else you would count that as outside. I mean, on a six up save, obviously, that's not going to be glorious, but it's still still pretty good. Hmm. So you guys really can't hear Dan at all? That also, yeah, that makes no sense to me. Here. Well, here's the good news. I guess we'll do this one a third time. How about now? So now Double Tim is probably back. But Dan might be back as well. Double Tim and Dan, maybe? I think it might be. 
right? Doesn't work either. A lot of markers. What? Oh, mm. just write everything and hold it up. Let me try one more thing over here. See if this does anything different. Wait, do, is it working? Can you hear me? Ooh, I like. I can see your options on the. Right. Oh. Is that you just, sound better? I sound better. That's good. Dan, one word: charades. So we have single Tim and single Dan. Is that what I'm hearing now? We're all good. We're all gravy, baby. Perfect. Dan, Dan, volume up. Listen, Brian, you can't have everything. You can have one Tim, one Dan, two Tims, no Dans, or uh, one Tim and a quiet Dan. I'll talk loudly. I'm not used to that. There we go. Standing in front of the classroom. Oh, that's true. Brian is, in fact, the owner of uh, the Professional Casual Network. But shout. So I'm going to flag it again here. This is where we're really starting. This is the real start of the show. This is the actual start. Um, so here's the deal. <laughs> Welcome back to Wait. Did I roll a wild your Marvel Presses code front call call blog? It's uh you know, it, it we're having a, a a grand old good old time coming back from charm. from Adepticon. Uh we've started the show a bunch of times, one for each time today that I wish I was back at Adepticon and that it hadn't ended yet. Um, in addition to all that, we're going to be talking about Adepticon. We're going to be talking about Shatterpoint. We're going to be talking about that mean lean Doreen Green. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of experience. We have an episode of the cleanup phase after this over on the Patreon. If you're not a patron yet, well, get to it over at patreon.com slash professional casual. That'll get you access to not only just a metric ton of content and to the real deal discord. It'll also get you access at every level, even the $1 tier to our bonus show, The Cleanup Phase, where we talk about all things gaming, um, some behind-the-scenes stuff, some of those con stories that are really personal and deep and deep cuts and all that good stuff. It'll all be right there. All right. Dan. Hi. How are you feeling after Adepticon? Are you rested up? How was your travel? Um, was it good? Was it bad? Was it very bad? Well, how, how was your journey? Uh, first, so, uh, not rested up. Mm. Definitely. I'm, you know, as a parent and a teacher, I feel like I'm never rested up. Uh, travel was pretty not great. Could have been a lot worse. Uh, on my way out, I missed my first flight, uh, but they got me connected. I said to fly down to Atlanta and then up to Chicago. Cause that makes sense. Uh, so I just got there like three hours late and got to bed real late. Uh, and then on the way back, my first flight was delayed, which caused me to miss my second flight by minutes in the Detroit airport. So they had to put me up in a crappy hotel and fly out the next morning. Oof. Oof, that's awful. Frustrating. I had to miss another day of work I wasn't planning on doing and whatnot. And it was just, ugh. Yeah, I have to assume that probably didn't go over well either. But um, I'm sorry to hear that. We had a... Yeah, and we, it was too bad, but... We heard a lot of stories, um, unfortunately, about travel uh, on the way back from Adepticon. It looked, sounded like there was a whole bunch of flights that got delayed. I know Dr. D, he, his flight, I think, got delayed a couple of times as well. And um, I was he speaking. He got like, diverted. He said he ended up in a different city somewhere. Yeah, he went to like Rio de Janeiro for some reason and then flew back <laughs> up to to Massachusetts. A lot of fuel. I was talking to uh, Nick, who we picked up a bunch of the Legion train for Worlds from and, and drove that out. 
Um, and he, he said the same thing. He got, uh, there were delays and um, planes going just in just random directions. They were just rolling dice to see where they were going to land up like a uh, blood bowl ball hitting the ground. And you just had to roll that scatter die to see exactly where that was going to go. So wait, he flew, but you had to drive his terrain out? Yes. <laughs> How well, was your travel? Um, our travel was 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 good. Uh, we were actually pretty comfortable in a in a huge 15 passenger van. Uh, there was zero room left in that van. We were getting real creative in how to fit in the, I think, 30 totes of Legion terrain, 30 mats, all of our recording equipment, four people. It was me, Taylor, Brian Watson and uh, Lindsay, um, all of our stuff and our luggage and, and, and the like. Very thankfully, Taylor and Brian pretty much just brought a backpack yeah they pack super light they 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 did a really good job because we would not have been able to fit another person suitcase or like a 20 ounce bottle of water in that uh 15 passenger van by the time we were done piling that all up um but our ride out was actually super dope it was we hit cleveland uh, at a great time we were able to kind of get right through that we hit the uh the city um in Illinois, like pretty late, it start. It was just starting to rain, um, but for the most part, it was pretty mild. Uh, on the way back out, um, we were tired. I, I always think the uh, the the ride home seems infinitely longer because you're coming down off that high of Adepticon and seeing all the people and all the events and the sounds and the lights and just the the buzz. Yeah, um, always that buzz. And Taylor wasn't feeling particularly great on the way back either. Um, so it was that last like two hours was was rough, like music blasting, AC on, just blasting me in the face so I could stay awake to just, you know, we were in the home stretch, boys, as some people might say. Oh, and uh, yeah, yeah, that, that con fatigue. But it's real, man. But outside I got that, there a bit later than everybody else, and I still felt it. But outside that, it was pretty, it was pretty mild. Um, we did see a couple like super overturned trucks, which was terrifying. And one even close to us, like within that last hour, like a huge 18 wheeler that was like off the road, uh, sideways, nearly upside down, like and a mile before and after it that were like super closed off. And that was at, uh, that was at like 11 at night, too. So like it was like I was I was worried about how long they had been there. And obviously there was all sorts of first responders there. So hopefully that person made that out. OK, but but yeah, two hours of a long trip like that can be the worst because you're so close, but you still have two hours to go, which mm -hmm. can feel like a long time. But we got to see a ton of people at Adepticon this year, a lot of familiar faces, um, a lot more faces that we've seen either at other conventions and NashCon and a whole bunch of stuff we got to see Mike DeLuca and, and Deaton and Dr. Norbert and Gil, Omnis, Danny, uh, Tyson, Tisdale, Nate, Tim, uh, Brian Watson, Dr. D, uh, Alex, uh, Aaron Franklin, the infamous uh, guys, the um, I mean, just really everyone was there. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the main tournament was 128 people, so. With a, was, and we were saying list. we were saying it was 25 it was 50 really there were 25 people physically there waiting for a spot there was like in line oh wow they capped the wait list at 50 there probably would have been more 
there were certainly rumblings and stuff about, well, maybe next year it could be, you know, 256 or whatever. And I don't think they're going to have a hard time filling that if they decide to do that. That would be doper magopers, I believe is the technical term. Yeah, I don't think that'd be difficult. And there's plenty of space for it. Just, you know, encroach more on it on uh, Armada's room. Well, <laughs> let's not listen. Let's not let's not let's, let's not fire any shots here. But I know that was rude. That was uh, we uh, speaking of uh, a lot of streamers were there streaming some AMG games. We kind of were in this nice little cluster with uh, Dion from the Gold Squadron. Uh, Ion Radio was there right behind us. They were kind of our neighbors. Um, yeah. Uh, streaming armada yeah they actually they were that some technical issues that last day that we, i was like oh my god did i do this like did i trip over a cord and knock out their internet but thankfully it wasn't my fault so that was super dope it wasn't you this time it was not uh david was from yavin base was doing all the star wars legion stuff as well um that hall was awesome because it was just amg games it was just yeah, was legion great. armada mcp um shatterpoint and x-wing but it was it was pretty rad <clears throat> it was dope in addition to all that we got interviews from Schick and dallas simone we got to stream the studio reveal for amg um the Schick interview worthy. yeah and the worthy the Schick interview and the studio reveal are up over on the youtube that links right down below as is all the team event videos tomorrow we'll have um interviews with Pat Dunford, who ended up winning the singles competition, the big 128-player uh, event. We'll also have an interview with Gil and Dr. Norbert that goes up. They were um, second place in the team event. We'll also have another interview with Mike DeLuca and Jacob Deaton, who ended up winning the team event. Uh, the guys from the Danger Room podcast, always really like to see them. Mike DeLuca is actually well, like one of my favorite people. He's just always super calm, collected, and just, I don't know, he's a great conversation um but but yeah just a ton of people ton of great events was there a highlight from either the stuff that you covered um and we'll get into the the studio reveal and stuff later okay i was like that's a loaded question but was there anything from either what if or and i know you weren't there for what if but uh what if or the team event the affiliation battle the three box challenge which i think nate gg took home the the medal for that one as well that final nice. day um or the big singles event that like really stuck out to you? Uh, I think my favorite thing was from the the team battle day. Just the the awesome displays people had. Yes. Or I guess really both both that and the challenger event. There were some amazing displays. My favorite one the whole time was an X Men Brotherhood display. Um, I'm doing him a disservice by forgetting his name. Um, had. Uh, he he was on. I think he may have been the first or second game we did on the Challenger Day on Saturday, and it was like a box that actually had a top, which we'd almost never see on displays. And there's a big storm cloud, yeah, lit up and looked like there was lightning in it, and storm was like hanging from it. Um, and it was like the Brotherhood and X Men fighting at the Roxxon station. Uh, and then most of the models he would take off for his roster. It was so cool. That was probably my favorite one. Um, there was one that we streamed the first day of the team event that was two people that ended up, I believe they won the Marvel trivia that I hosted on Wednesday night as well. Uh, that yeah. had, it was a huge comic. Brandon and. Yes. I forget his wife's name. 
but they they had i remember brandon because he facebook friend requested me so i remember his name (laughs) um but they they won the 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 marvel trivia on wednesday night and then we saw them for the team battle they had matching like miles morales shirts they had a really cool display board they had this huge comic panel um and uh, then we saw them the following day playing Legion, also with a couple's costume, also with another display board that was just really, really, really cool. One of my favorite things about Adepticon last year was seeing like that Infinity Punch display board. Um, I believe we I saw I don't know if he was playing MCP or not, but I believe I saw the guy that had the really cool like Bleecker Street corner store uh, for yeah. the Dark Dimension uh, board. Uh, we saw a really cool. A display board that was like a city building that had a spot for a cell phone in it that would play like billboard trailers of like different MCU moments. That was really cool. Um, there, there was really just there was no shortage of just incredible uh, models, display boards and, and costumes and more. The floating dark dimension one with all the characters were painted in, in the same theme for to like match with Dormammu and they had other like floating things. and The guys are dressed up in robes. They were the disciples of Daddy Dormammu, if I recall. Yeah. And they um, won the best theme for the team tournament. They and, were great. And they should have. It was it was legit. I believe they were like handing out pamphlets and stuff with like uh propaganda stuff on it, which was uh, awesome. I didn't realize it. But in addition to all that, uh I think one of my favorite um parts was during the what if, during the draft. Um, we saw a couple familiar faces and a couple new faces, which is always nice, but some wild kind of things happen. Uh, person that went first, I believe it was Peter who hung out a lot of the week. Um, Mm -hmm. got Corvus and Proxima in a double pick. And because he was first in the snake draft, that meant it went all the way down and all the way back and he was able to pick up corvus and proxima in addition to that uh, watching that moment (laughs) mandalorian orange was able to get um groot and rocket in a similar pick he was last pick so he got a double pick and picked um uh, rocket and groot he also got black panther so he was able to run wakanda so that big famous thing that we've talked about all sorts of times with um wakanda forever and deadly duo was live and on the table, but I don't even think he really used Groot. I think yeah, we I think had I heard that he never took Groot, so he never saw that. And I believe he ended up taking the tournament as well without ever getting off or even needing the um Wakanda Forever and Deadly Duo, which is also there was kind of some um not speculation, but some hubbub about like, well, some of these combos should maybe be banned or or removed for that. And I was a big proponent of like no it's what if anything can happen nothing's banned yeah so i'm glad that stayed in it did get taken and quite frankly it simply wasn't uh it wasn't overpowering because it barely uh got used nice oh hi peter (laughs) it was also really that was you in chat it was also really neat um oh you're you're Peter? I didn't know that, especially when you were in chat earlier. That's dope. Um, yes, that's that was the other thing. He got X-23 and Honey Badger as well. It was... Oh, another team. And and that was, I think, a surprise to all of us, especially while we were streaming, that the first pick was, in fact, Mystique. The first pick was really Deception, but... <laughs> yeah, for real. 
but we were expecting Steve Rogers maybe to go first or or Bucky. Um, Thanos Man, was was yeah, first like last year. year. Yeah. Um, but no, Mystique threw us off a little bit, but honestly made a, a ton of sense, right? Yo, uh, did you know that Thanos is like really good? I've heard that. I have I have in fact heard that, especially um in when Thanos made his way into the finals of the single event between Alex Botts and Pat Dunford, where we saw a heavy Killy team on both sides. I believe it was Cabal versus Guardians. Um, Pat was running Guardians with Star-Lord, Thanos with Reality and Space Jam, and Beta Ray Bill, Beta Ray Bill that's right, against uh, Alex Botts, who was running Cabal with Malekith, Lockjaw, and Red Skull, Master of Hydra. Dan and I replayed those finals, except piloted them poorly on Monday. Um, it's one of my yeah, not poorly, but I always think it's fun to to play some of those high end competitive lists for for you know a little bit more casual. Uh, I feel like players. I played it well for me. Not the same level as Pat by any means, but it was it was pretty fun. They were, they were big shoes to fill on both sides of the table when we played that, and we did have a, a different ending to it but very similar to to pat and alex's game which was once again yeah that's that that finals game should be going up on the youtube tomorrow it's currently exporting which is probably why we had some uh technical issues tonight but that should be going up tomorrow um and what a what a great game that was we also got to see alex bots in the semifinal game which wasn't streamed but we did in fact record it as it was happening during the same time as the worthy and the studio reveal before we get into the studio reveal and all of the massive, 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 incredible things that happened there. So many announcements. Let's talk about one of the cards we saw there and came out in a transmission earlier this week. And that is for Doreen Green, uh, one Miss Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl! So let me get this bad boy up here on screen. She's wild. She has some interesting stuff going on. She is pretty unique. She really is. And I have to say, really appreciate the fact that they revealed some cards during the studio reveal, which gave uh, Brian, Lindsay, Taylor and I something to talk about and go over on the way home. Brian was in the back <laughs> on his phone, like reading through the card uh, that, that was shown in that panel. But nice. let's get right into it for for Squirrel Girl. So she's a four threat, threes across the board for defense and with. Just kind of out of the gate. We've seen a lot of fours this year, right? I know Dylan is really kind of hoping for more fours, more fours, more fours. But so excited. they normally have a, a slight spike in defense. There's normally one, like physical is a four, or there may be a mystic character, so they have three, three, five and mystic or something along those lines. But threes across the board on a four threat, medium mover, two height or size two, and six stamina. Yeah, those threes across the board seem real fragile at first, but we'll see it's not as bad as it first looks. For a builder, she has Knuckle Spike Strike, range three, strength five, zero power. Um, after the attack is resolved, she gets power equal to the damage dealt. And on a wild, she has Ambush, which I don't know if we've seen in any other place outside of Beast, but on that wild trigger, after the attack is resolved, she can place herself within one of the target characters. So, not bonkers like um is it both sabertooth and the new sabertooth and the new wolverine that have places off of their 
builders. I think Sabretooth is on his spender, but like Rhino has it on gold on his. That maybe that's what I was thinking attack. of. <laughs> definitely Rhino and and Logan the Wolverine have that. We've seen this pretty often lately, uh, and it just we've seen how much it increases the movement of the character. It's crazy awesome. Yeah, it's really when it's range three, <clears throat> and it's a place within one. It's pretty much an extra move action on a builder. Yeah. Like it's really good. A lot. Why don't you go over her spender, Dan? So Spender has even longer range at range four, uh, strength six for two power. This is Army of Squirrels, Squirrels. Um, so if this attack deals damage after the attack is resolved, the target character gains the bleed and stun special conditions. Uh, and then on a wild, she gets push before damage is dealt. If the target character is size three or less, the tar- this character pushes the target character short. So at first, this seems like, all right, she's got two attacks, one strength five, one strength, one strength six. She's not an offensive powerhouse. She's not biting through steel with those numbers. But range four is nice. Uh, strength six is still good. And bleeding and stunning can be nice. But it's her superpowers where she really shines. Well, and that's the thing is with a two-cost spender, I think you're going to be using that quite a bit. Kind of like we see yeah. with Steel Rush on X-23, where that's incredibly inexpensive. It does have slightly more um, strength and then has some special conditions and a push. I think people are going to be getting a lot of work out of uh, Army of Squirrels. Yeah, and it's, it's it's not a bad attack by any means. And we'll see that she doesn't have much else to spend power on anyway. Yeah. So why don't you go into that tippy-toe takedown? Tippy-toe takedown is her active superpower. It costs X. Power. This character may spend any amount of power to use this superpower. Choose an enemy character within three of this character with a threat value equal to or lower than the amount of power spent to use this superpower. Move the tippy token to tippy toe token to that character. While that character has a tippy toe token, it does not add crit results in its attack, defense, or dodge rolls to its successful to its total successes, and cannot add dice to its attack, defense, or dodge rolls as a result of crit successes. So basically like hitting them with a hex. But yes. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like a it's almost like the hexes just crits don't explode, right? Here they don't count as successes or explode. So is that what Seance does? We were talking about that on the way back, and I was like, I feel like it's like possession. Uh to, at two additional vein? Oh possession. gotcha, yeah, it's not quite the same. Yeah, the, so this tippy-toe takedown is certainly in the same vein as possession, where you're spending power equal to the threat of a character putting this on it to give them a debuff. I feel like it's not as game-breaking as you can't score points and you drop any objectives you're holding, but like getting rid of crits is still a big deal. Yeah, absolutely, and we saw that a bunch, right, um, <clears throat> during a, kind of across multiple events where someone needs to pop off, they roll four crits, they convert three of them, like they can be huge swings there. Um, a lot of those kind of like, all right, all out or nothing. As long as you got a fistful of dice and a pocket full of, you know, squirrels, you got a fighting chance. <laughs> yeah. I just love the idea here, too, that it's tippy toe and probably a bunch of other squirrels that are just swarming this person. So they're totally distracted and they can't get those criticals to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love the, the 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 thematics behind this power and the rest the rest of her stuff basically is just. Kind of clarifying and building off of this, um, she has a great one. Tippy come back, reactive power. The cost zero, 
So when this character is targeted by an attack, it may use a superpower, move the tippy-toe token to this character from anywhere. And we'll see that she gets her own buffs when tippy-toe is hanging out on her shoulder. And what are those buffs, Dan, with Squirrelies? It'll be her uh, innate power, Squirrelies. Uh, I almost said her only innate power, but she also has Wall Crawler after this. Um, this, is, this is a big old block of text, but it's really cool stuff. Um, so this character begins the game with a tippy-toe token. While this character has the tippy-toe token, it may re-roll up to two dice when making an attack, defense, or dodge roll. So this makes her defenses a lot better than they first seemed. It makes her attacks a lot better than they first seemed. Uh, during the power phase, you may move the token from anywhere to this character. Whenever a character is dazed or KO'd while it has the tippy-toe token, move the tippy-toe token to this character. This character cannot have a tippy-toe token except the one it begins the game with, so she's immune to other Squirrel Girl's tippy-toes. Uh, let's see, when this character is removed from the battlefield, remove its tippy-toe token from the game. Additionally, when this character is dazed, move the tippy-toe token to this character from anywhere. So again, much like the Brother Daniel token, you've got to decide when do you want to buff Doreen and when do you want to debuff the enemy. Mm -hmm. Also, how many times do you think you said tippy-toe token in that particular paragraph? Five or six, that's in there a lot. Look at D6 tippy toe token statements. Right. <laughs> now she does change. She does change up a little bit on her flip side because she loses tippy come back. She keeps the same defenses. She loses one stamina as well. And guardian squirrel is a new innate that she ends up getting on her injured side. Where effectively, if she would be KO'd, if she has the tippy toe token, she can remove the token from the game. She then removes one damage, is not KO'd, and may be placed within range two of her current position. Then this character cannot have tippy-toe tokens for the rest of the game. I like this one a lot because it's like you you manage to take her down and it's like, nope, squirrel gets in the way. It's like um, in Kung Pao and he puts the squirrel in his coat and the squirrel takes the hit and then he puts a bunch of nuts on the squirrel and walks away. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it takes that final hit for, and she gets back up with one. It fits the the hard art perfectly as well. It really does. It really does. Um, let me actually switch over to that as well, so everyone can see that that guardian squirrel tippy toe leaping into action to save Doreen. It's so good. Um, it's interesting too because you got to be more careful with her when she flips because she does lose tippy come back. It's harder to, for her to get tippy back on her. Um, so, like, if you know she's in some danger, you don't want to be throwing your squirrel at people. I mean, really effectively, is there a way for her to get the tippy-toe token back after she throws it onto somebody on her injured side? She can I... still get it back during the power phase. Okay. Or if a character she puts it on becomes dazed or KO'd, it automatic he automatically comes back. She? I don't know, tippy-toe. The squirrel comes back. Yeah. <laughs> You can blame it all on me. Tippy toe back. <laughs> so she just can't do it when she's targeted by an attack. Correct. So it makes her a bit less defensive on that side if she's still trying to debuff. Um, so I like that interplay. She, she, in a way, I feel like she's. You have to make more choices when she's on the table as her player. Do you want her to be better at what she's doing, or do you want the enemy to be worse at what they're doing? Right. Right. Now, where the do range you... three is pretty good for that. Is there a particular place you see Squirrel Girl working? 
Um, I think unlike most other characters, the one place she doesn't particularly shine because it really doesn't affect anything is Steve's Avengers. She has no abilities that could be affected by it. Yeah, because even the tippy-toe takedown, it's how much power you spend mm -hmm. is the threat level. You can, So, like, spending one less just means you still are affecting one less threat worth of character. So, Correct. Yeah, it actually doesn't fit in Steve's Avengers at all, which is weird. Um, I mean, you could throw her into uh, something that gives her even more rerolls. Uh, Web Warriors should probably be good in. Yeah. So she, when she has tippy toe, she's reroll potentially rolling all three of her dice. Mm -hmm. Is that necessary? I mean, if you're playing her, you're gonna roll at least one skull every time anyway. So unless she's got an objective, she's not gonna reroll all those dice regardless. Um, or maybe throw her into X Force or Shadowlands to get more rerolls on offense. Um, I don't know. She she's not power hungry really. I mean, personally, I think she is probably my favorite Sentinel. Okay. Um, not only will she be immune to bleed, she'll be able to fly. Um, she'll be able to get some additional power to be able to throw that tippy-toe token around when characters get dazed. She also helps characters get dazed, on, especially on those defense rolls where they can't crit anymore, nor count those crits. Um, I think very legitimately in the year 2024 for the rest of the year, we will see a bunch of characters that are going to be my new favorite Sentinel. And currently Squirrel Girl is definitely my new favorite Sentinel. Right now she fits the bill. Very much so. Yeah, because I'm trying to figure out like what other than a debuffer, I guess that's her, her main thing, which to me, Thor is a lot to spend on a primarily debuffer because if she doesn't have the tippy toe token, she's not attack like her attacks are mid you know what i mean like yeah her, her her strike is perfectly fine her strike is good her builder um i think without the tippy toe token her spender suffers a little bit but six dice re-rolling two uh makes sounds way better um so i think there's gonna be a lot of squirrel yo-yoing while she's healthy Worth. get it out there like as quick as you can throw it on somebody you know literally throw that squirrel at whoever mm -hmm. um you know, it might get in their raccoon wounds at the same time. And then once she gets attacked, it's like, oh, Tippy, get back here. Help me out. Um, and then do it again. Uh, just throw that squirrel out there. So she might just, she might like affiliations that give more power, um, like Inhumans or A-Force, which a lot of people are thinking she's going to be part of anyway, um, to get that power to be throwing that squirrel back like every round. I actually kind of like her in Guardians. Uh, a wingnut token, in addition to the tippy toe token we've seen on Beta Ray Bill, having uh, what is it? This the um, the spender that gets your rerolls against flying enemies. Uh, in yeah, addition to a wing, it, in addition to a wingnut token, can really kind of make sure you're constantly confirming a decent to high amount of damage. Um, <clears throat> I like her there. Uh, yeah, because then she doesn't need tippy. She can really keep tippy toe on the enemy more and not be as worried about her defenses. Um. Also, shield. Uh, I think the tippy-toe token could help shield out in a, a decent amount. Shield normally goes a little bit wide, has a lot of threes, um, which doesn't necessarily mean they're looking to have a four. But as far as that firing line that we've seen Vince uh, Kirkhoff run a whole bunch, being able to negate the crits and stuff as well is actually pretty nice. It might very legitimately help bring down some of those bigger targets earlier 
um, especially with a Helios where you're just concerned that Hulk is going to roll four crits and somehow get seven blocks on a uh, against a Helios. Imagine. Well, I mean, we've seen it happen. <laughs> we've seen a, a Hulk survive. I forget what game it was. Maybe it was at LVO, but we saw a uh, a Helios do just under what it needed to because Hulk just popped off with a bunch of crits. Oh, could you imagine hitting somebody with a tippy toe token and then also like marked for death? Where like your crits don't work and you can't reroll anything <laughs> against like web warriors or something. Yeah. Forget it. Yep. So um, she'll be, I think she'll be real nice fit into those combo lists. I like her in web warriors. Um which I wouldn't be surprised if she was part of the affiliation anyway. I'm not sure. I don't know enough about Squirrel Girl other than her ability to bite through steel. Correct. To to guess what affiliation she'd be part of. I said a lot of talk about her being an A Force. I don't know. I don't know. Because uh, we don't, I, a lot of people thought she might have been a leader for like champions or new champions. Yeah. Um, which I know she's not, unless it's another um, tactics card one, which I don't see happening. Um, what do so you, th- where do you think she's going to land naturally? Like I said, I think Guardians is a great spot for her. Um, and I think, oh, oh, as far as like actual affiliations. Yeah. So what, yeah. What yeah. affiliations do you think she's actually going to be part of? Avengers, A Force, and I'm gonna throw a wild card out there and say Defenders. Okay. I don't think I, I think you might be onto something too with her being in Web Warriors. I don't think that's out of the range of uh the reality stone. Maybe I feel like she's kind of uh I know she defeated Thanos and Galactus and blah blah blah, but I, I see I've always pictured her as more of like a street level type hero that would fit well yeah. with like Defenders or Web Warriors. Um also, Alyssa says that she doesn't need flight with nanites because she has wall crawler. And that's where you're wrong, Alyssa, because one of the biggest threats in Marvel Crisis Protocol is Craven the Hunter, who can remove wall crawler. So when you need to get over a building and Craven's about, those nanites will help you get where you need to go. Because, you know, if Craven knocks out Squirrel Girl, he's going to just put a tail on and become Squirrel Girl with the Tactus card. Yep. Squirrel furl symmetry is what they call that. <laughs> um, That's really good. But no, as far as just kind of a wild speculation, are there any tactics cards that you think might be heading to that box for Squirrel Girl? I wouldn't be shocked if we see an additional use or effect of the tippy toe token uh, yes. in a tactics card, maybe making it. Uh, when you were called, like, here's what I would like to see. <clears throat> and I, I, this is my big Chuck call of, of the box of Squirrel Girl and, and Gwenpool. There will be a can I borrow that card that you can play as a reactive when you pull back the tippy toe token. Oh, and he, the, the squirrel brings the objective back with it. Yes. Yep. Nice. I, yeah, I like that a lot. I want to see something to do with a swarm of squirrels. Like we have army of squirrels as the attack, but I want to see a tactics card. That's something to do with the, a swarm of squirrels. Yeah. Or just for Taylor's sake, some kind of tactics card that has something to do with biting through steel. Correct. Yep. Uh, yeah. She can uh, remove the invulnerability from Colossus very specifically. Um, but Alyssa for real, how many people actually take Craven? I've played 
two games with you. 100% of the time, Craven has been either in the roster or on the board. Just saying. Well, but she also said that all caps. Right. How do people take Craven, Tim? <laughs> Maybe there wasn't supposed to be a comma there. Maybe it was supposed to be, how many people take Craven? Tim. That's who. <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, any other, uh, now we got to see Gwenpool's card as well. Uh, not the full thing, because some of it is in fact covered up by the injured side or by the, by the healthy side. But she is also looking dope, like a wombo combo of Deadpool and uh, Hydra Bob. Right. With a place using that rocket, a really solid spender with that rocket as well that applies conditions, does a bunch of damage, does all sorts of other red stuff. We'll go over that probably next week. I would assume that card will probably be, maybe even tomorrow, they'll reveal the Gwenpool card. But Yes, probably next next. Tuesday or whatever is now like the Marvel card reveal day. Yeah. Um, so speaking of the reveals, the studio reveal happened on Sunday. We were very, very, very fortunate to be able to stream that uh, for AMG and what a reveal it was between all game systems, Shatterpoint, Armada, Legion and MCP. There was a metric ton of news. Um, it was so much more than I was expecting. Dan and I were, were just kind of catching up uh, before we went live for the fourth time. And as far as the reveals went for MCP specifically, uh, we were shown Squirrel Girl and Gwenpool's cards, the wall breaking abilities of Gwenpool as well. We saw a new Ultron with some uh, Grunt uh, Ultron bots, which if there was a lot of a lot of people were speculating throughout the course of the week, we had this backdrop behind us that had Ultron with a cape on with some some Ultron bots. And people were like, it's a new core box, new core box confirmed. And apparently they were onto something because that exact Ultron ended up being revealed as the first character reveal that we didn't already know about in that studio reveal. So how he's going to work, is he going to work massively different? Then the current Ultron, and he'll just have grunts. Who knows? We've seen uh, Red Skull and Red Skull Master of Hydra come in with grunts and has really changed up how that character plays dramatically. Also, with a cape. So. They did both get capes. Mm -hmm. And I think during the reveal, Schick mentioned that he's like, um, a, a, you know, one of the biggest threats of the Marvel Universe. I think he's going to be like a five or six threat with grunts. Yep. Like literally be a bigger threat. I, I think that that's almost guaranteed, right? We're, I don't think we're going to see a four threat Ultron with with grunts or and we're certainly not going to see a lower one. I would I would I would put Pitch. I would put my dollar dues on five threat, but I don't I, think I think that's a very safe bet. Yeah. Yep. Um, in addition to that, we saw Cosmic Ghost Rider, which I was not expecting in any way, shape or form. I We're thought talking about out of left field. What? He looks great. I like I saw the model and I was like, oh, cool. New dope or yeah, new dope rider. Uh, but oh, cool. New ghost rider. Um, rider. That's what he's going to be. That's so weird that they're doing another ghost rider already. And then immediately shit comes out and says Frank Castle ghost rider. And I was like, whoa, Chuck is going to flip his lid when he sees this. He, he loves Cosmic Ghost Rider. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. In addition to that, we saw 
a reveal for M'Baku and Claw, and not just Claw, but a Claw featuring his psionic echo, which oh, is awesome. That model is immaculate. It looks so cool. I think it might like technically be their best model to date in terms of what they were able to do with their sculpting technology. I, I don't. Awesome. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. It looks so so good if you if you are looking by the way to see this reveal you can check it out on the youtube uh just got moved over yesterday and over on the facebook and in our discord we've posted all the pictures from that that reveal as well and what a reveal what a reveal it was um in addition to that uh we saw new terrain and a new rivals panel for wakanda they talked about that to match that wakanda mat he shake didn't give any uh details on whether that was going to be available whether that was just a con thing or um, if that was, in fact, something that will be sold. So we don't really know that yet. But uh, there will be some Wakandan terrain. In addition to the Rivals panel, Battle for the Throne, with um, a new Killmonger and a new Black Panther that will have new cards, abilities, and rules. Uh, yeah, the Warrior Falls piece looks awesome. It's really cool. All the Wakanda stuff, they said the, the terrain packs... We'll also have optional rules to use with the terrain that will really mm -hmm. mix mix up how you can play. Where they said it could even change the threat level of the the crises you're playing, and they'll have their own rules um, to do uh, kind of like an OP kit in a way where you can like collect vibranium samples and put them in the, the vibranium truck and stuff. Just uh, more options is always good. Um, and they said that they might. Um, look back and add similar rules to past terrain sets as well, which would be really awesome as far as like a big sweeping change. Granted, it is optional, so you don't have to do it if it's going to, you know, really bother you. But I don't know why you wouldn't being able to use the vibranium hauler and being able to open and fold the doors and get canisters in and out and stuff just seems like it's going to be really fun. We, we love the organized play kits here and being able to add uh, effects or rules like that into a standard game just it only goes up. It's only a positive experience for us on our end. I think so. I totally agree. Um, and then, Mr. Daniel, we got a whole bunch of X-Men. So many X-Men. I'm so happy with this announcement. When they were like, <laughs> people have been asking for this character from the beginning and everything. And I was like, is it going to happen? And they showed the Banff. And I was like, I'm still okay with this. <laughs> Nightcrawler. And they said he's going to be with Bishop. And they both have options because they love options for X-Men specifically yeah. uh, where uh, Bishop, you can give him his long hair or bald look. Um, Nightcrawler can be with or without swords um, and with or give him one, two or zero swords and with or without oh, the, and Banff. the Banff. Yeah, you can put the word Banff on there or not. If you're not a big fan of like the, you know, taking it that literally from the comics uh, like the what was it? Foosh with mm -hmm. their uh, Deadpool yes uh and they look awesome i love that bishop is on a medium base just because he's a big dude mm -hmm. <laughs> he looks so good with his he's powering up his energy with his gun by futuristic gun behind him uh i like bishop a lot i'm so happy these two are in one box for real I was like that's almost my whole wish list and they were like but wait there's more they did so in addition to that they gave us uh professor x and shadow king which I certainly was not expecting Shadow King is no. a, a huge character for me. I absolutely love Shadow King and I love that they that model looks incredible too with uh 
can't wait to see it painted. The the like physical form that he has taken from time to time with the fez and the suit, really dig that. And then his psionic form kind of like coming out of his back and just being like really imposing. So good. I I am super excited for for those rules uh, and a confirmation that Professor X will be a brand new leadership for the X Men as well. Yes. Um, my understanding. Perfect sense. It, it does. And my understanding is that the Professor X leadership ability for the X-Men is a leadership ability that just makes Cyclopses good. <laughs> you, you have to take Cyclops and Professor X and he makes Cyclops. No, you actually can't take them at the same time. It just makes his better. But like in other games, not the game you're currently playing, you can only have one affiliation ability at a time. So you'd have to use versatile strategy to really kind of pull it off, which is a next level move. But, you know, it is what it is. It's you work specifically with that card to power up the person that takes over, you know, fills his shoes. As Correct. Were. Yep. Uh, people are so excited to see him in the hover chair. Um, there was a little bit of speculation going to make we're going to have that. We're going to have a classic wheelchair or is it going to be like current Professor X in the black body suit with the cerebro helmet walking around? No, it's sweet 90s hover, uh, yellow hover chair. Um, and then there was a third box as well that include Kitty Pride and uh, Lockheed, which is super dope. It's and like, how is he going to skirt around this? Right? We got Iceman, <laughs> finally! Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, when Schick said a cool dude, um, I don't know if I'm just making it up in my head, but I swear he locked eyes with me and said, we got a cool dude and a girl that can phase through walls. Uh, I was so stuck on seeing Iceman in there. Later, I was like, was Lockheed even on Kitty's model? Was he there? I didn't even notice. And he is. He looks awesome. I love Lockheed. Uh, again, th these two boxes of Bishop and Nightcrawler and then Kitty, Pride, and Iceman is basically the rest of my I, my X-Men wish list. Like, there's a couple still I, I'd really like to see, like, Blink. But really, the, like, the core of what I really yeah, want you, to see. Yeah, you pretty much got your top five, and that's super nice for you. Every, Dan just got everything. Everything just gets handed to Dan. I just had to wait four years. <laughs> <laughs> so outside really that long, but oh, so legitimately um, outside of Iceman, which I, I think everyone is super aware that you're you're into. Who is your who's your runner up out of the other reveals in here? Which is the next one you are most excited about? Is it Bishop? Is it Kitty Pride? Is it Professor X? Is it M'Baku, who we've wanted for a long time and constantly talk about? And I was certainly wasn't expecting a reveal for him. No, he's also been at the top of my list just because I'd really like to see Wakanda expanded. And I love how they based they virtually doubled the roster, assuming Claw is part of the roster, um, part of the affiliation. Uh, I, it's a tough call between Nightcrawler or Bishop, which one would be my like number two most excited reveal here. I yeah. really like Nightcrawler, but I really like Bishop, too. So I don't know. That's one of those two. So and Shadow King is just, oh my God, he looks so good. I cannot wait for whatever wild shenanigans and possessions and stuff he is going to have. I, in my heart of hearts, I know he's going to be an incredibly disruptive piece, and I am super here for it. Shadow King? Yeah. Yeah, I hope he's another like five threat psychic powerhouse, but not so much direct attacks. Correct. Yeah, I want moves, I want, I want pushes, I want like, traps, I want disabling people and powers. That's that's what I want. Especially since we've seen yeah. on Immortal Hulk that he has a tactics card that can place tokens on specific abilities. I hope that that is something that we start to see going forward is 
interacting with specific things on people's character cards. A big thing that we do on, uh, oh yeah, the power phase is people can spend channel points to remove powers or give power um, or just straight up the ban superpowers or reactives. So having that actually in the game, just saying. I kind of want to see Shadow King do that. I also don't want to see him do that because I don't want to be in the receiving end, but it makes yeah. Actually, it probably makes more sense for Professor X to be able to do that because he's been known for like, like he was um, suppressing Jean Grey's powers for decades because he was scared for her that she would be too powerful. And like, we kind of learned about that with the Phoenix and everything being yeah. attracted to her by that. And like, once he finally removed those mental blocks, she was like, whoa, I'm so good. So I could totally see him having some kind of power dampener ability. Um, and then just to kind of blow through a lot of the other reveals that we saw for Shatterpoint, we got a bunch of news, a bunch of new character reveals uh, that will be coming to that, including Ewoks, uh, Plo Koon, Cad Bane, Mace Windu, Dathomir, uh, Hondo, Mando, Han Solo, uh, the crew of the Ghost from Star Wars Rebels. Yes. Like your crew, yes. Um, <laughs> if 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 you weren't excited about Shatterpoint before. Um, I don't know how you aren't now because <laughs> that the, the road, um, that we are going to see Shatterpoint take, especially, I'm sure we're going to get a lot more, um, reveals going into, uh, May the 4th. Uh, they kind of intimated yes. that there would be a bunch more, uh, releases and stuff there. Oh, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker, the confirmed Galactic Civil War era, which we knew was coming, but to see that I did not expect to see them anywhere near this soon. And especially that particular set, right, that has uh, Leia and uh, Lando in that Jabba Hut Palace uh, kind of outfit. Shaking a drink? Mm-hmm. With server droid R2. Um, yeah, it's amazing. And, and the name of the, uh, the Vader squad with the Imperial Stormtroopers, the Fear and Dead Men. Just... Oh, what? Yeah. I didn't know they called... That's so... That's from the... Uh, a really great moment in the Vader down event in the comics. Mm-hmm. Oh, when it Vader just being his top level of just don't mess with me. I'm only surrounded by fear and dead men. Oh, it was a, probably my favorite Vader line. Um, I didn't know the box is called that. That's amazing. And then uh, the Inquisitors uh, from the Obi-Wan yeah. show, including the fifth and fourth, uh, fifth brother and fourth sister. Um, th- there's Grand Inquisitor. There's there's just so much there. Oh, and um, uh, what was the uh, shoot? Was it for Legion or what is it for Shatterpoint where it had Padme and um, oh, and her the handmaiden. handmaidens that are yeah. assassins. Yeah, that was Shatterpoint. I mean, that was the one Simone was super excited about that look. Like, I just love how like, OK, we're not just getting force users as primaries. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think that's what everybody wanted. Um, So we know we can get. Han down the line as well but yeah Padme with her handmaidens just cool okay they look great there was a number number of people in chat and even in chat now with with Ben uh that have been suggesting that I I go I go mainline Ewoks in Shatterpoint and I'm not against it like literally at all no the Ewoks look fantastic and look they have choices too they do I think five I well I think in the the like rundown afterwards that actually got confirmed. There are two different Ewok boxes, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, and I just love the idea that these boxes are coming with options as well. Not every box is just a squad. 
like we saw with Plo, I think it was Plo Koon as your secondary right in that box. You can take Wolf or Ahsoka Padawan, um, which is kind of funny that she worked with him a lot, but it's kind of funny she doesn't come with her actual master <laughs> in, with Anakin. But um, I like that there's options built in the box. So like a box with multiple Ewoks, you can kind of choose what's your uh, secondary or um, support right within that box without mixing in even other things there. So more options, always better. I love where the direction they're going with this. It's one of those, like, I just want 30 boxes immediately. Correct. For all the choices. Um, oh, and Mace Windu. We forgot Mace Windu. No, I said I said that at the top with Plo Koon and Cad Bane. Yeah, yeah, because I read it off a I'm, list. So the only, <laughs> the only moment in the whole thing I was the tiniest bit disappointed was um, they they specifically mentioned Kit Fisto in the, um, like, reveal announcement mm -hmm. video i was really hoping to see a kit fisto model but you know he'll be my Iceman for this game uh, I, we know he's coming i just want to see what he looks i hope he's got that smile that he's like known for I, so yeah you couldn't you can't you can't get everything in one reveal you know what i mean you need to save something that for next year's adepticon just too much it really there would also be wasn't chewbacca i, I love wookies so like if there's a wookie squad all for it Speaking of Wookiees, and especially Chewbacca, for Legion, they did announce uh, Rebel Ahsoka Tano and the Ewok Warrior cards, including, um, I believe there was a card that is a stolen uh, AT-AT, right? Or ATST? Yeah, the Ewok Battle Force, um, what is it called, uh, <clears throat> Bright Tree or something like that, can take an ATST in their army, and it's just piloted by Chewbacca, which is so great. Um, and then there were a couple to start playing rebels and that's the thing. So there were a couple other reveals for Legion that was like, all right, maybe I really need to get into Legion. And that was the bad batch and the rebels with clone <laughs> force 99 coming in. Um, yeah. In addition to the, is it the Geonosians or, yeah. or just oh, Geon yeah. the Geonosians. Taylor was super excited about that. He loves the Geonosians. We talked a lot, a lot on the way back about them and their history and and all that stuff and it just made me you i wouldn't know it all i love bug people and lizard people or anything in between um and uh taylor was telling me kind of about their history and what they were used for and how you know as long if they don't have work they just start fighting each other and i was like oh, i love that i'm the same way if i don't have something to do i just start lashing out at people <laughs> oh no i don't know that much about them i just think they're cool like and the, their leader is called poggle the lesser which is just kind of <laughs> great um and for uh both legion armada and x-wing they announced like store qualifiers which is super dope so worlds was at adapticon this year and it was massive and huge and a spectacle and everything that you would want a world's event to be but in addition to that they announced all sorts of like store support to be able to have stores have the kind of their local leaders be able to get into worlds without having to go to a big event or or a huge convention um, and I think that's really important for a number of reasons. I hope that we see that for Marvel Crisis Protocol and um, Shatterpoint as well, as far as a lot of just store support. And and yes. to be fair, MCP does get a lot of store support with the organized play kits and and um, a lot of alternate uh, modes to play, additional leagues and um, scenarios. Obviously, we know I, I've been a huge fan of the renewal of vows and the infinity league and kind of a lot of the stuff that they have come out with that for that. But I really like that they are making worlds incredibly obtainable for 
people that can't necessarily afford to go to some massive convention and buy a plane ticket and the hotel room and the uh, the event ticket and also do well against like literally the best players all over the place. They can they can do it from their LGS. And I think that's really important that AMG is is really doubling down on supporting your LGS, RLGS, Bearded Dragon Games, whatever your Bearded Dragon Games is. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited for that. And I think that's a great move for the company as a whole. Yes. I, getting people in the stores playing the game, that's what it's all about, right? So right. I love it. And those those game kits are always really fun, different, creative, a great time. So, I yeah, I want to see as many as possible. <laughs> so between the MCP stuff, the Legion stuff, uh, X-Wing, Armada, and Shatterpoint, obviously, I think it's safe to assume that Iceman was kind of like your top reveal. Well, yeah. Outside of that, what is your favorite non-MCP reveal? Ooh, um, I really like Ewoks and Shatterpoint. Yes, I always <laughs> have loved Ewoks. Um, they were like as a kid, no, like a lot. I get a lot of hate for it as an older, not kid. Um, that they were one of the reasons that uh, Return of the Jedi was my favorite Star Wars movie growing up. Mm-hmm. I actually love the whole Ewok stuff um so having them in there is is super exciting i can't wait to see what they do um to how they fit in the game and what's going on with them with rocks and spears versus blasters and lightsabers um bad batch and legion is great um i play uh republic so i'm assuming i'll be able to have access to them they look awesome i've been um one of the days I was home this week, I watched a bunch of Bad Batch, almost caught up on season two, uh, which I guess just ended like yesterday or today. Um, so I need to get that finished. Uh, but I enjoy the Bad Batch a lot. Um, that was way up there. The new starters for um, X-Wing. Yeah. I'm excited about because uh, we played a ton of X-Wing uh, during um, the first edition of the game. And only stopped because when second edition came out, we couldn't afford the upgrade packs. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so uh, I've heard they revealed um, like the week of the week before Adepticon, they revealed the ones for the Galactic Empire and Rebels. Um, but their rumors or I don't know if it's rumors or they've said at some point that they are coming out with that same kind of one player starter pack for all the factions, including um, the, you know, the Republic separatists um uh scum and villainy uh the resistance and first order because there's like seven factions now in that game um because i've always wanted to have like naboo starfighters in that game and they haven't now i just haven't ever played it so i'm really excited for a a galactic republic um one player starter for x-wing uh i definitely want to play more of that again someday i've got a huge tackle box full of ships i mean and ships are where it's at so I think that's going to probably end it for tonight for Wait to Die Real Wild. Uh, like I said, we are going to be going right into the cleanup phase here very shortly uh, for a lot of some of the behind the scenes and the special interactions, as well as an Elite Eight Showdown bracket uh, from Adepticon. Um, so stay tuned for that. And just real quick, an absolute massive, massive, massive thank you to all of our patrons, especially our King Ding Doppeldongers and our professional cake setters, which is ever expanding. Um, <clears throat> we are about of a about a quarter of the way through to um this 
undeniable tattoo that will unfortunately happen once we are have uh, 10 of our, excuse me, professional cake sitters uh, for 12 months consistently. We ended up opening up a little bit higher the uh, king or the professional cake sitters that we can have, which is unfortunately only going to make it easier for that to happen. But thank you to our King Ding Doppeldongers and our professional cake sitters, including Xpaxis, Bastion, and Rob. Uh, new professional cake sitter Charles and Dave. Hey. In addition to Wizard Skills, Iron Maze, Dr. D, uh, Otis, Cider Drinker, um, Bicon, Leroy, uh, Dagna, Tony Hot Hands. Let's go with a little bit of Otis. And maybe you've heard of Cider Drinker and. Chugger. What's that? Oh, yeah, Cider Drinker slash Whiskey name. Chugger. <laughs> I think I said Leroy and Bicon and Dagna and um, Devil Pup, who I got to play. Oh, there goes my uh, my green screen. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look behind the curtain. That's so fun to watch it slowly go. <laughs> <laughs> but guys thank you so much we really appreciate your support and especially um people like uh fletch fett and uh Alyssa and ben that, that support us so heavily uh here on the twitch with subs and points redemptions and uh bits redemptions uh being able to provide coverage from adepticon um or any other event is is completely uh because you allow us to do so with with your support so we really appreciate that thank you so much um you it really really is but guys thank you so much we'll see you next week and make sure to join taylor and i tuesday for a new oh yeah the power phase live from bearded dragon games in addition to all that there are a couple events that we're going to be running as well april 15th at the art store we will be running in a marvel crisis protocol tournament um that is in syracuse new york i believe there's 10 signups i think there was actually maybe one or two more during this particular episode but april 15th we will be there. And then at our own local game store, Bearded Dragon Games in Oneonta, New York, in their big, bright, beautiful, new, spacious um, uh, store. Uh, uh, I don't know what you'd call that. Uh, space. Um, we will be running another event as well on May 20th. We'll also be streaming from Ironweld in Boston, uh, Memorial yeah. Day weekend, uh, the 27th and 28th of May. We'll also be at the Atlantic City Open in June. We'll be hosting and running uh, the Marvel Crisis Protocol at the Salt City uh, GT in Syracuse, New York. That'll be a three-day convention, July 7th, 8th, and 9th. And I'm sure there's going to be a whole lot more. We're currently looking at all sorts of other options. Um, I would really like to go to NashCon again this year. That was such an incredible experience for me. Um, I'm hoping to rope some more people in. And my understanding is NashCon is going to be bigger and better than ever before, especially for MCP. Nice. Um, Adepticon as well. Listen, if you can only go to one convention, Adepticon is it uh, by leaps and bounds. So get ready. They've already announced the dates for next year. Let me see if I can pull that up quick. Actually, I want to say it was like the 20th. But do not quote me on that at all. <laughs> But this past... Wait, which one are you saying? For Adepticon? Oh, no, I haven't looked that far ahead by any means, yeah. Uh, they just made a post about um, 
kind of how it went this year. They had over 6,500 attendees rolling dice in 735 events. They raised $10,000 for charity. They kind of did a lot. Um, I know that every year we go, we're always like, there's so much more that I wanted to do. And you really kind of have not, you don't have to, you have to plan your days accordingly, but there's going to be a lot of things that you want to do um, every time you go. So uh, make, make Adepticon uh, a huge X on your map because it is an absolute treasure, but they did announce the dates for next year. It'll be March 20th through the 24th. So start planning now. You know what I mean? Take a Sunday off so you can get tickets if you really need it. But guys, Thank you so much. Uh, I hope to see a lot of you at Adepticon next year. Very happy that we got to meet so many of you at Adepticon this year. And until then, uh, we love you. And bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, check out all the other great shows here at the Professional Casual Network. Like what, Danny? I'll tell you, on Mondays, we've got the Lost Omens podcast, our Pathfinder 2E actual play, hosted by me, playing through the Extinction Curse AP. Also, streaming on twitch.tv slash professional casual network at 7 p.m. Eastern time, you can check out, oh yeah, the Power Phase, our Marvel Crisis Protocol live battle report show. On Tuesdays, the podcast version of, wait, did I roll a wild? Our Marvel Crisis Protocol povlog is available. On Wednesdays, alternating releases on the Patreon, we have Settling the Southlands, our homebrew Wolfwarp actual play, and The Slithering, a Pathfinder second edition actual play. And on Thursdays, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash professional casual network, we've got, wait, did I roll a wild, our Marvel Crisis Protocol povlog. You can also check out back episodes of Elite Eight Showdown and the first 39 episodes of the Lost Omens podcast, the first 24 episodes of Settling the Southlands, and the first handful of episodes of The Slithering on the YouTube at youtube.com slash the professional casual.